0: At little bird marketing we don't know all the answers but we happen to know a lot of people who combined do we've asked some big dogs some tenacious thought leaders to share their real experiences mindsets and tips for managing through this difficulty welcome to the mr leadership series you'll hear from market research thought leaders and this week includes mario carrasco of Think Now. Ryan Berry of Zappy, Sandy Casey of Innovate MR, Anne Brown of Gazelle Global, and Meryl Dubrow from Mark Research. These shorter, punchy interviews are geared toward powerful and candid answers to truly relevant business challenges. If you enjoy this episode, take to social media and thank a leader for volunteering their time in this way. Be sure to use the hashtag #AlwaysBeHelping. Enjoy. Welcome to Ponderings from the Perch. I am here with Ryan Berry. He is the Chief Revenue Officer of Zappy. He is actually a frequent podcast guest on all kinds of podcasts, so you can find him pretty easily. You need to Google Ryan Berry, R-Y-A-N, B-A-R-R-Y. But he is over at Zappy. He's focused on building people-first organizations using modern technology and really, really smart thinking. That's the way they fuel innovation and drive that for the consumer insights industry. And I have to say, as a CRO, he absolutely understands sales engagement and sales enablement. So that's where I love talking with him. He also, just as a side note, if you're interested, he's great on social. So be sure to connect with him out there. Welcome to the show, Ryan.
1: Priscilla, thanks for having me. I'm just noticing in your email, you're La Presidenta. So can I call you that oh, for the rest you pl- of our interview? please do. Well, oh, this <laughs> makes me so happy. <laughs> Thank you for having me on your show.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of other things I don't want you to call me. So therefore, I'm good with that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like if this is the worst I could call you, we're good, right? For
0: sure, for sure. Well, I have to say I'm I'm missing seeing everybody at all of the shows, um, but getting to do a little bit of this um, MR Leadership Week is making up for a little bit of it, so I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, really cool idea, and I'm super happy to be a part of it.
0: Good. Well, we've got a lot of questions in from people asking to hear from leaders, things that are really you know, off the cuff. And there there's a, a short list of thought leaders in the industry um, for insights that I thought, oh, my gosh, these people would be great off the cuff. And we're really working day to day. Everybody is. That's kind of all we got right now. And so I thought you could answer a few of these questions. It's really interesting to people as they're trying to just put one foot in front of the other right now in a very difficult time.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm happy to.
0: Well, I wanted to hear from you, um, you, you know, in, in specifically at Zappy and your experience in this last year, you know, as we rolled into this COVID situation, it feels like it was a little slow roll in, but we all were finishing other projects, uh, you know, and we were in different stages of scaling the companies or new biz dev. But was there something that you have in mind that you put in place earlier in the year that you are so thankful that you got done like once we hit into COVID like oh my gosh had I not done that we would really be in trouble
1: yeah there actually is and I, I the thing that I'm very thankful has happened is last Q4 we were doing planning for this year and the big thing that we were discussing was if everything else failed if we just were to make our existing customers more successful and we're we're super privileged to have a great list of customers. So like, if we could just make our existing customers more successful, we would grow leaps and bounds ahead of where we were last year. And so like, a lot of our focus was, how do we make it easier for our customers to do better things with us? And that's not just sales, marketing, customer success, the kind of area of our business that I oversee, but also with what we're doing within product and finance. Um, so the holistic sort of doubling down on our existing customers um, is something that I'm really thankful for. And I, I was going to be thankful, I think, anyway, um, <laughs> but in a world where everything is up in the air, um, it's really hard to go out there and get new MSAs in place and get new contracts done and meet new customers. And so we're we're off to a really good start this year. And I, I think even through April, which has obviously been kind of the peak of the, the pandemic's economic impact so far, because of our focus around organizing around customers, we have minimized I think the impact so oh, uh, I'm really that. thankful for that decision
0: yeah you know I had Kristen look on not too long ago and she said that too like that this idea of isn't it possible that all the sales you need are actually already clients of yours if you would just take care of them
1: <laughs> well, particularly in that you know I, we, we we operate in the consumer insights space and it's like I'll pick on somebody it, just because we have one person at Pepsi who uses our platform doesn't mean we have Pepsi Right. If, you know, in any one of these big matrix organizations, there could be upwards of four, five hundred people that are occupying consumer insights roles. So there's a to Kristen's point, there's a huge growth opportunity and expansion within your customers. Uh, but it's it's easier to do that when you're delivering value to somebody a cubicle over right. for them to tell mm-hmm. to tell their friends than. Yeah. To build trust you know for people who don't know you.
0: Well, you guys are an interesting technology. Let's take that that question just a little bit deeper in a way that really only you, you know, Ryan, can answer at Zappy. And that is specifically when you say what what you just said, do allow clients to do better things with us, you guys are really pushing that forward thinking mantra and really trying to fuel innovation. Those those words get like tossed around a lot in this industry. But tell me what that sounds like. Like when you actually get say let's take that, you know, Pepsi person on the phone and you're saying, "Well, we want to do something better with you." And of course, you're not pushing what, you know, a point with them. How do you encourage innovation and get Get clients to actually think differently about their problems.
1: It's about having a point of view, data to back it up, and then then guiding people through change. I'm of the opinion that in 2020, the consumer insights industry does not have a technology problem. When we started our business, we did. Hmm. So in those first six years, we were growing like crazy by basically saying, do what you're doing, water down a little bit, but do it overnight a lot cheaper. (laughs) <laughs> and at the time, there was, a, there was a, a big appetite for good enough insights delivered quickly. In the last six years, the words fast and cheap, they're often disguised as buzzwords like agility and automation. But delivering research fast and cheap is just an utter commodity at this point. And so there's a plethora of buzzwords and options that deliver those buzzwords. And so for us, the thing is like the next frontier we believe is faster, cheaper, better. Um, and better shows up in a lot of different ways, whether it's more robust methodologies, more analytics. The thing that I think is it's our responsibility is to help guide the people in process changes that are required to get the benefits of the toys. Mm-hmm. So you can buy all the software you want. But if the, if the people who are actually running day to day work, aren't changing the way they interact with brand managers or ad agencies or each other, then what's the point?
0: Right. Um, and so right. we
1: spend a lot of our energy, and you see this if you've ever read like any of our content marketing. A lot of it isn't necessarily about Zappy. It's about the bigger problem because um, we we test ads and concepts. Like we're currently a small percentage of the industry spend, but we see the the knock on effect of not implementing things correctly um, or putting something really shiny on top of a broken process. So where where we're innovating is on the word better and where that shows up from a customer experience perspective and methods and analytics and the way we get access to people, but also how we do onboarding. So a lot of our talent investments are ex-corporate researchers or ex-key account managers at big agencies versus technology salespeople. And a lot of times people look at me like, oh, you're not really hiring salespeople. I'm like, yeah, I know we're hiring people who know how to actually implement research programs. Oh, very and so that's, different. That's big, very different. Yeah, yeah. it's it's now, it's it's also very interesting for those people, mind you, because they're leaving managed service research agencies and then coming into a very flat tech company. And it's like, whoa, this is chaotic. You know, so there's, <laughs> there's a behavior change for those poor people as they come in. And I, I think what we're trying to do for them is make their onboarding process a little bit more seamless so that they can navigate a new environment. Yeah.
0: Well, you did say in there, you know, if I, you know read at all your content marketing, and as that is my area of expertise, I will stop and give Zappy a shout out for that. Because, you know, what Ooh, you're alluding you. to here is that you see the technology from the perspective of, yes, but what can it do to help the, the you know, our users, their organization, not how can we tell you about our technology? <laughs> you know, how can we change you? It's saying, how can we be a part of instrumental change in your organization? And when you're working that way in sales enablement, well, the natural flow is you're going to write from the per- Perspective of the person you're trying to help, and we're in total alignment about that. Content marketing always has to follow. I'm going to see it from our users' perspective. What do they need? And that's they don't need your features and benefits.
1: They don't care. (laughs) They don't care. They really don't care. They (laughs) care about them. And and it's what I'm about to say. That doesn't mean I think the people we do business with are selfish, but we're people. We care about ourselves Mm -hmm. and our jobs and our brands and our families and our livelihood and. So I, I mean, the biggest marketing hack is to speak to people about things they care about. Right. And I didn't. Right. I did go to school for marketing, but we sort of just like, you know, it's one of the interesting things of I, I lead a marketing organization, but I'm a. I, I came up as a salesperson. Yeah, and it's one of the interesting things of like not being a marketing practitioner first mm-hmm. is in sales. The, the the more successful you are, the more you connect with your customers, and I and the best marketers do that too and right. i think we're we're privileged to have a good marketing team who gets that.
0: Yeah. Well, there's one other piece that is critical in that and that is a release of ego. You have to be able oh, to let yeah. your ego go to come to the table and say not not my, you know, sales or my my features and bit of it. What, what are your most, um, you know, pressing and what are even your newly emerging problems and how could i how could i help you talk about that? How could i help you frame it? And then finally, how could we help you solve it? absolutely mind-blowing simple, but yet few people grasp onto it.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, you have to let go of your ego, but you also, I think so, so few people know how to use their ears. You have two of them for a reason. Mm -hmm. And every, every person works within a company that has their own vernacular and their own words, templates, whatever. And and so I see this happen to a lot of people that, you know, that are on our sales team that I might be coaching. And it's like, hey, let them finish. I know that you are excited because something they just said ladders directly to some value prop that we have. Mm -hmm. But if you actually will be quiet for another minute, you'll hear everything. Uh, and then you can really see where this is going to fail or be successful and 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 whatnot. So listening is very important too. um, which is It's hard when you're excited about something to just be quiet and hear what somebody else has to say, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Well, it's especially very difficult right now when we're in crisis, too, because our own anxieties, our own things, our, you know, stories are going on. And as I like to joke around with other entrepreneurs, as also welcome to the stunning discomfort of entrepreneurship. (laughs) It's like this all the time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So let's hear from you a little bit about you know what has been an anchor for you during this crisis do you have a particular mantra or mindset or is there a way you go about being you know self reflective that is helping you right now engage in a way where you really can lead
1: perspective is the key thing for me so i'm i'm in a unique place because my wife is a nurse in a place that has people who are all 55 plus and sick hmm. and so like I'm seeing somebody come home from work who's seeing people she cares for really actually you know, having the worst outcomes possible. Mm-hmm. And so it puts everything that I'm stressed about into context for me, which is really important. But the perspectives also, it brings me inward to our customers and our people. I can't assume I know where everybody's at. It, I can't assume everybody's okay. And that everybody understands the communication Steve and I are putting out. So we have to over communicate. So that perspective is understanding that my more extroverted employees, they're suffering right now. Mm. They're dying for social connection, the energy that they get on the walk to office fuels them for the day. And so now they're sitting on zoom calls, where we used to be able to go and have a whiteboarding session, we're not. And so having that perspective that I need to that I also need to probably overcompensate and over communicate is really important. But I also know, like, I've been through, I was an employee during the 2008 mess. And I wished our leaders were a little bit more transparent than they were. And so being really clear to our staff that we are in a tough time and presenting the facts in the context of how to interpret the facts. So next week, we're leading a session of teaching our global staff how to read a P&L statement just so they are armed with the comfort to read it and understand what it is. Oh,
0: that is interesting. That's interesting.
1: Well, we want to we want to put the we want to try to empower people to make decisions without having to deal with kind of the BS chains of command that plague a lot of businesses, but that comes with great responsibility. I mean, if people don't know how to interpret a P&L statement, how are they going to make business decisions, right? So, we're, we're we're working through some of that stuff to try to give people context. And we I think we've struck a really nice balance of being optimistic but also facing the hard facts so that's a quote from um have you ever read any of uh the good to great stuff
0: oh yeah uh-huh.
1: uh, it's this great thing of like you have to be able to face brutal facts but also never lose faith and i subscribe to that i'm a positive person but i'm also willing to say oh but let's this week's whole thing are we all going to be back home again in september okay well what does that mean for business planning i don't sit on that in a room with our board for a week i'm going to say that in my all company video tomorrow i'm just you know, we're looking at that scenario. So I think the other key thing for leaders and employees is just like, be transparent with each other. Because that's one of the ways you can build trust is to really just share where you're at. Mm. And that's delicate, because like, I mean, we're in a position where we don't sell to airlines and restaurants. So like our business hasn't been decimated. I mean, it's not, it's not like we're crushing it in April. Um, But we're not like, we're in a good spot, because we're not having to cut half our staff, like we're not doing any of those major hard things. So it does make it a little bit easier than some of my friends that I'm seeing. But the transparency is important because it, it reduces people's anxiety. And everybody's dealing with anxiety by the sheer fact that we're stuck at home right now.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you you know, you're leading at a time when it's really difficult. And you mentioned that good to great book by James Collins. But I don't know if you remember, the actual subtitle was something along the lines of like, why, why great, why some companies make the big leap and why others don't, or it was something like why companies fail yeah, to make right. the big leap or something like that. So this is kind of an interesting, like, sub-message that I hear you talking about is that you're also looking at your own team and saying, how can how can I really deal with what's emerging and, you know, your most emerging and most pressing questions, too, so that we could all go somewhere together?
1: Yes, Absolutely. Um, I, there's there's an element of like w- we're at a we're at a stage in our trajectory as a company where it's it's very much not about me. So how do I get everybody to a place where they can be their own brilliant self? Put em, and that's putting them in positions where their superpowers get amplified, but also providing them with training, upskilling, et cetera, so that they can, um, you know, that they can be uh, their most badass selves. Right, um, right. But there's also like, let's, there's a Winston Churchill quote, never waste a good crisis. And I think in business- <laughs> I um, did
0: not know that one. I've never yeah, heard that.
1: So he, he addressed, he, I think it was the parliament he addressed at the at, right right when the UK started really getting involved in World War II. He made, that was part of his address to the, the nation effectively. Um, and there is an element of like, there's a good opportunity when you're in an uncertain time, if you have the right culture and the right leadership to unite around certain problems. Like as a company in Q2, we issued a company wide theme of something that everybody could get behind. Um, and it wasn't to be cute. It was like a really tangible business thing we needed to work on. Right. Um, so I think there's, there's an opportunity there. So I, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the camp of will be a better company, as a result of going through this.
0: Awesome, I'm joining your camp. (laughs) We're coming along.
1: I love it, I love it.
0: Let's take a short break.
1: Teams are getting smaller, but you still have to get your research in field. If only you could partner with a global expert to be an extension of your team without the extra overhead. Look no further. Gazelle Global provides the ad hoc services you need when you need them. Visit gazelleglobal.com to learn more about how we can handle global sampling, field management, data collection, and more. Our team is ready to lend our expertise to complete projects to your specification. Visit gazelleglobal.com today.
0: A lot of the things that you've talked about, this is about communication. I love hearing that, you know, people just need to hear more from you. You've put yourself in the shoes going back and saying, look, I was an employee. I wasn't hearing enough communication. Let me over communicate. That's totally fine. But what do you feel is the best way to communicate with your stakeholders? And I guess there's a second question that who do you think your stakeholders are?
1: Yeah, so stakeholders, um, first and foremost, are our staff, then our customers, then our shareholders. In that order, you know, if our staff is comfortable, they can communicate better with our customers and our shareholders, um, well, they're shareholders. I love them dearly. I'm one of them. But if our customers and employees are happy, then the shares are worth money. So that's kind of my my thought. Um, I don't think all the venture capitalists love me because of that <laughs> thought. <laughs> that's okay. But I don't really care. Um, <laughs> so the staff, first and foremost, um, we are a technology company. So pivoting to remote work was super easy for us. But a couple of things that we have done that i think have helped every monday there's an email that goes to the whole company that email has topics that can be submitted by anybody Um, and so there's that's sort of a, a place where people can go and could it could be anybody it could be about a product release and we've been doing that before the pandemic but that allows everybody to get context every wednesday i record a video that goes to the whole company that is essentially a state of the market update and some weeks it's a story about a specific customer Last week I took the whole company on a journey of our balance of year forecast and the assumptions we made and the levers we pulled. And I always invite people to bring ideas and questions. And then on Friday, we do an all company roundup. And that is where we'll we'll get a pulse from employees in different parts of the globe. So we're, we're a relatively small company. We have just over 200 people, but a fairly distributed workforce. Um, so we have small offices in a bunch of places. And so we'll go around and kind of hear from different people we also have a kudos board that our head of people reads to cheesy music every Friday <laughs> and a best dress competition. So it's it's actually crazy. You can like feel the energy coming off of the Zoom. Um, and then so with my direct team, so I have a like a leadership layer and those are a mixture of marketers and operations people. Right. So I, I think a lot of revenue management is either marketing or RevOps people, sales managers, whatever. And we meet every Monday and we're just identifying what's the number one thing we have to achieve this week and where are you blocked? And in a world where we can't just grab a coffee, that's kind of driving a rhythm of connection, but also an identification of Emma on our customer marketing team is currently blocking Dan who runs customer success. And so they've got to go have a chat. And that that connectivity has been really, really important. And so I think those are the, those are the kind of critical touch points that we have. Um, and then, of course, as a management team, we meet every single day at 630. We go through daily numbers, daily usage, our cash position, and then a, a sort of a stand-up of the day. And so that's allowing us to cross-functionally identify where there's ownership gaps or talent friction or customer friction or what have you. Um, and then with customers, Julio – I don't know if you know Julio. I Priscilla, know Julio, but Julio very well. <laughs> i I, I love uh, julio (laughs) you've got a real sound there (laughs) i love julio um like the human being so much he's just a wonderful guy and i am he's like my i love him i'm so happy to be on his team the day after the proverbial shit hit the fan he called me and he's like we should do a bunch of research on research to help our customers and so for the other stakeholder group julio was like all over that and we've been running a tracker to give customers context we've got a huge white paper he's written we put free questions on every product to like give the customers confidence and then he personally i mean he's an he's an evp he's got 30 direct like 30 people under his leadership he's on the phone personally with customers every day like helping them think through their own challenges and th- the other part of that is we everybody didn't get to go to IIEX or south by southwest and so another thing we thought would be clever is what if we could just bring the party to people and so is, I don't know when this uh, specific uh, interview is going to come out, but next week we've got two days of content that we curated. None of it is to do with Zappy. It's just brand sharing stories of how, they, um, how they're how they making a difference in it with insights. And so that those are two ways we're kind of trying to bring inspiration and context to our customers. And then the shareholders are easy because of those two things. We just forward them the emails that were.
0: <laughs> Here's <laughs> what we did. <laughs> this is how it turned out. Their
1: <laughs> super is you know, particularly we have two different venture capital partners on our board who are fantastic. We're, we, we really lucked out with these guys, but they'll meet with us frequently and give us context of what other portfolio companies are doing. And I'm, I'm at a point where I'm getting bored of, so we are a membership to Gartner. I'll go to their chief sales officer thing, or there's a CMO office hours thing I'll go to. And it's been nice to benchmark some of the things we're doing. Um, but when you're a startup technology company, you're up against the wall often in the early years. So I, I also think we're, probably better at crisis management because of
0: that <laughs> because <laughs> you're thinking hi welcome everybody to the crisis party we've been having
1: <laughs> well I mean I, I vividly remember 2015 we were like two weeks away from not making payroll you know and then last year we broke up with Cantar, and for the right reasons both companies needed to go their own way but overnight we lost 35 percent of our business oh, Lord. and you know, that was way harder, uh, to deal with at that time. Um, and so I also think we've like become equipped to be a little calmer when these things happen, which, um, is also good if you're steady at the wheel. Everybody is feeling a little bit better about it.
0: No, absolutely. I totally understand that, and I think that's why people are looking for some of that leadership, and I, why I think you know some of that uh, that that ownership is always we're, we're on the hook for things, and we always totally. have been. But it, it's funny you mentioned that. You know, I don't know if you know this about me, but you know, nine years ago here we had the F5 tornado in Joplin. Then three weeks later, I watched my my uh, um, creative studio burn to the ground. I remember pointedly firing a client. Um, our number one client that brought in 1.2 million and it's just the right decision, the absolutely, you know, untenable relationship. And I couldn't stand it. It was just the way it was treating my, 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 my team. Um, And I love how you put that in order. You know, it's your team first, then your customers, then your stakeholders while putting that in place. But those are all brutal, brutal crises to move through. (laughs) And some of us have moved through these, you know, earlier on. And I think that's why people are looking and saying, you know, can you just have a just a candid conversation with some of these leaders? How are they managing this? Because it is hard for all of us. None of us are just whistling while we work. It's very difficult.
1: Well, I think particularly if people if, if the inspiration for this was to hear from other leaders, let me say this very publicly. I'm pretty comfortable and feel okay. But make no mistake, there's days and nights where I wake up with my heart rate increased, or I'm stressed or the sky. So I think All those natural emotions that everybody is feeling, they don't change. I'm sure you're feeling, you know, if I was to tell you I'm perfectly good every single day, I'd be bold face lying to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's, but that's why when you asked me the first question perspective is important because that sort of helps me ground emotions because what you don't want to be is overly emotional in hard times. You need to be, you know, you need to be positive that you're going to get through it, and also be able to look at the hardest things in the mouth. And that means someday, like I, I was, I woke up this weekend after reading some big article of like we're all going to be home again in Q four, and I was like, shit, have we appropriately planned for that? You know, <laughs> and and then like that sent me into spiral on a Sunday. So I'm in a pretty good spot. I had, like you said, like been through this before, but like you know, the whole notion of imposter syndrome or fear or of failure. I don't care how successful you are how much of a leader you are if, if you're saying that you don't feel those emotions you're just lying to yourself right. um like just before this meeting i recorded a video that we were that the account team was sending to a big customer we have a meeting tomorrow with them and i'm the sponsor on the account and all the folks in the account team are like, oh, i always get very nervous and it was funny because I go, yeah, you know what? Me too. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And they're like, mm-hmm. you nervous. And I'm like, yeah, just because I've done it before. doesn't mean I enjoy the stupid camera in my face. You right. know,
0: for sure. Yeah. But it, yeah, it is like that perspective to be able to help navigate it. Well, listen, I know exactly why people ask me to have Ryan Berry on the show and people need to connect with you online. Um, you're very active on LinkedIn. So is Julio Franco. So if anybody wants to connect with him, um, which is funny because he just, He's the brave <laughs> at the operation. <laughs> <laughs> well, He's a gem too, and I know. I know either one of them would help. Um, would help you in any in any just authentic way they possibly could. But to give you just a thank you, a huge thank you for your time and just your your ability and your willingness to just get on and and be real with everybody. I want to give you a tee up on on Zappy. What's next for you guys, and and what's something that that you're looking
1: forward to? So thank you very much for that. Um, so. I'm really as as we're talking today. I'm seven days away from a two day virtual insight summit that we've been planning since all hell broke loose. <laughs> um, you know, so we're we're now in the like what what happens if somebody bombs our Zoom, um, which is not the fun part of this. Um, but I'm very excited for that. By the time this is produced, I think it will already be over. But I think from a business perspective, like I said a few minutes ago, uh, the next frontier is faster, cheaper, better, and we're going to drive that. So we're we're we have a small group of brands that we've been co creating methods with for the last year and a half. We just we just launched our first major breakthrough innovation, which is grounding behavioral economics within concept testing, um, so that you're not just kind of red light green lighting stuff, but also seeing how good of an idea it is. The next thing, uh, which more to come on, is um, tying market results to ad advertising results and actually closing that loop. And we've we've broken the back of the problem. Um, so the, the next thing for us is delivering really robust experiences delivered quickly. Um, and so if, if anybody wants to uh, to help, if they have ideas, if they want to partner, um, I'd love to talk.
0: Oh, you got it. You got to go out and connect with him. Ryan Berry this is going to be exciting. I'm excited just from what you just shared. And I know we'll get to see each other hopefully soon. And uh, to be in places where we're sharing innovation and and really driving that perspective of it's not technology that enables, it's great ideas. we got to use technology the right way, but we have to first and foremost, be innovating ourselves, innovating the way we're thinking and framing uh, problems and the way we're partnering with people. It's huge. absolutely it's
1: huge. I look forward to seeing you for a drink in person oh something. my god I'm in. I'm
0: in <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's do it um, so thank you so much Ryan for coming on the show and uh, if you if you need anything from from us we are more than willing to give it out as
1: well thank you very much Priscilla I appreciate it
0: sure from all of us here at Little Bird Marketing have a great day and happy marketing